grounding is no matter where you are, whatever stressful situation you're in, you use your five senses to put yourself back into the present moment. Because again, as I mentioned, the key is to be in the moment, not to be thinking of the future, not to be thinking of what you're missing out on, but just to kind of be there right in the present. You're listening to the Travel Horror Stories podcast, a show that listens to real stories from travel bloggers and travelers just like you. Then we unpack those stories to discuss safety tricks, prevention treats, horror hacks, and follow-up tactics. The goal is to turn travel nightmares into dreams of beaches, sunshine, and margaritas. This podcast is brought to you by the Toronto Bloggers Collective, a Facebook community for bloggers and content creators who are either from Toronto or currently living in Toronto and the surrounding area. It's a space to support colleagues in the industry with information as well as engaging with each other's content with regular meetups and sponsored events. If you're from the Toronto area and create content, visit the link in the show notes and join the group. And now, live from the Rudderless Travel Studio in downtown Toronto, Canada, here's your host, Christopher Rudder. So the weather outside is absolutely beautiful. Uh, it's one of those days where you can definitely go outside and go for a walk and, and uh, enjoy the weather. Uh, coming from Canada, you know, we don't get this nice weather too often. So when we do get it, it's perfect to take advantage. Uh, we're still in the middle of COVID-19. So, uh, you know, you still need to social distance and kind of keep an eye on that kind of thing. But you know what? Go outside, enjoy yourself and have fun. Uh, we have a great show today. It's sort of a follow up to the previous episode. And, uh, you know, we're going to talk a little bit more about anxiety and flying, uh, especially since the airports are, you know, flights are sort of kind of preparing and then, you know, the whole process around that is making a lot of people anxious. So I wanted to kind of explore that a little bit further. Uh, but before I introduce our guests, uh, I'd like to remind you that you can listen to this show over at TravelHorrorStoriesPodcast.com. And if you're listening on your mobile device, please take a second to give the episode a five-star rating and leave a comment. It helps more people find the show and its episodes. So... In the rudderless studio with me today is uh, my guest, and her name is Stacy Appel Boyar. Am I saying that right? Yes, Stacy Boyar. Hi, Christopher. <laughs> hey, how you doing? Thanks for having me. No problem. Thank you so much for being here. Now, uh, before we get started, tell me a little bit about yourself and your practice. And you, you, you run a pod. I think you have two podcasts. Am I correct? I think you have a yoga one as well. Nope, just one. It's called oh, okay. Stacy um, and can be found anywhere. But yeah, my name is Stacy Boyer and I'm a licensed psychotherapist in South Florida, specifically Coral Springs, uh, Parkland area. And I specialize in anxiety, depression, PTSD, stress, among other things. 
And um, I use a certain type of therapy called EMDR, which is eye movement desensitization. I also specialize in something called RTM, which is the reconsolidation of traumatic memories, also for PTSD, um, also cognitive behavior therapy and all kinds of talk therapies. I also um, like to use a lot of visualization and meditative techniques that help with anxiety, especially travel anxiety. And um, I know we all can't wait to, to travel again. And, and thank you again for being part of or having me on your podcast. Um, actually, I wonder if your listeners probably heard of Parkland. That's where I am right now. And um, that's the area where that mass shooting was at Stoneman Douglas High School a couple years ago. Oh, wow. That sounds familiar. And um, so, yeah, I'm a therapist and I I continue to kind of see the ripple effect of that and almost like the cross-generational anxiety from that. But so many fabulous things have come from that. You know, a lot of the parents have written books and joined um, the school board and the students started the March for Our Lives. I know you're in Canada, but I know you have listeners all over the world, but March for Our Lives, um, the teens like coordinated and organized and they're just doing so many wonderful things. Yes, I remember that. That was that was goosebump goosebumps type stuff uh i totally remember that march and i was 100 percent yes that was that was a beautiful thing absolutely love that that was fantastic um it's unfortunate that those things need to happen in order for uh those types of movements to take off uh but i mean yeah that's crazy and to add to your stress um you're you, you said you're uh from florida right yes so Florida's not really doing too well when it comes to COVID-19. Am I wrong? Oh, God. We, apparently, we are now the epicenter of COVID, which is oh. Oh, it's just ridiculous. Yeah, I'm in South Florida. Um, so, but yeah, the, the, whole, the whole state's really a mess. It's, it's so tough. Oh, man, I'm so sorry to hear that. And you know what? Honestly, please take care of yourself and, and try to be as safe as you can uh, during those times. Because all we do over here in Canada, as you know, we're just north of you and we're just cringing because we we, we share like the longest border. And we uh, a lot of Canadians love to go travel down south and a lot of Americans like to come up here. And, uh, you know, we're all just kind of, you know, waiting for you guys to get that under control so we can start traveling back and forth again. Uh, but yeah, Florida. Yeah. Cause we've been hearing the numbers over here and I'm just kind of like, wow. Oh yeah. No. And I get it. I understand why you guys don't want us up by you. It makes sense. But we, we do a lot like Hollywood beach, for example, down here, there's always tons of people from Canada. So I know it's a, it's a great vacation place where people like to go. And what's interesting, I had planned for this summer to visit Banff and Lake Louise. I don't know exactly where that is into relation to Toronto, but of course we had to cancel that, but I'm hopeful one day to be able to travel and come back and visit. Fingers crossed. Yeah, for sure. You'll be able to come out. And Banff is, uh, I believe that's in Alberta. That's more west of of us. It's a couple of provinces over. So uh, would you be interested in playing a game? Absolutely. Let's do it. Fantastic. Okay, so we're going to play uh, three stories, two truths, one lie. So you're going to give me three stories. Two of them are going to be true. One of them is going to be a lie. And I'm going to try to guess which one is a lie. Okay, sounds good. All right. 
I was on a plane and it dropped so fast and so hard that all the oxygen masks came down. Oh no. <laughs> Number two, I saw Barack Obama and George Clooney getting on a boat in Lake Como last summer. Oh, wow. And number three, I attended Jer Derek Jeter's wedding at the Meadowbrook Resort in Napa Valley four years ago. Oh, man. <laughs> Those are all quite plausible, uh, <laughs> for sure. Um, so I'm just going to have to guess, and I'm just going to go for uh, Barack Obama and George Clooney. No, that was That was like the best of my life. <laughs> oh man, I can only imagine. Wow, that's incredible. Okay, so yeah, so okay, so which one's the lie? So the lie is that I went to Derek Keeter's wedding, but it's almost a little true because I happened to be at the Meadowbrook Resort in Napa, which I totally recommend to all your travel people that are listening. It's gorgeous. And they were setting up for this wedding, like the most beautiful wedding I had ever seen in my life. And every day I would look and there'd be like more flowers and more chairs. And, you know, of course I wasn't invited. I was just like stalking. <laughs> and, um, like, you know, weeks later, I was like, oh, it was very cute. had his wedding there. So um, that was that. But yeah, the, I, we, uh, I was in Lake Como and um, we were on a boat and we had a, a driver and he was showing us um, George Clooney's villa, which, you know, was so pretty. And there were like cops and boats and everything all around and they wouldn't let us get close. So of course, you know, we were like totally stalking again. Oh my God, there's a theme here. I'm really not a stalker. <laughs> um, You're beginning to scare me. So um, we waited and waited from really, really far away, but we saw them getting on the boat. And um, and then later we found out that they were going to um, a charity event around there. So that was super cool. And, oh man, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, so I was on a plane and I, I was studying abroad, which again, I completely recommend to all of you, like if you have any student listeners. And um, I, was, we were, I was coming back from England and the plane like, literally was falling through the air. Everyone was screaming and um, the thingies, the oxygen masks came down. And just as like people were like beside themselves, the plane, thank goodness, um, settled down and the pilot came on and said, you know, don't worry, everything's okay. So that was that, um, which really kind of mirrors, I guess, what we're talking about in anxiety, yeah. in anxiety being on an airplane. Oh um, my gosh. That's <laughs> That's like the perfect segue. Um, I think I think after hearing that, people might just turn this podcast off at that moment. <laughs> no, that actually is the perfect segue. Um, wow. Okay. Those are fantastic stories. Thank you so much for uh, playing the game. That's fantastic. I love little stories like that. It adds a little bit more flavor to the show. Yeah. I wanted to bring you on the show specifically because, uh, as I mentioned in the outset, uh, the previous guests that I had on, there are a couple of good friends of mine. They have a podcast called I'm Anxious About, and uh, they did it. They did an episode on their podcast, which was just about, uh, it was called I'm Anxious About Airports, and they went into the whole thing about airports. And, you know, that kind of inspired me to have them on as a guest and take it a little bit further. 
uh, with regards to anxiety and travel. And then because we're in the middle of the COVID-19 pandemic, we could throw that in for good measure. And um, just kind of like overall set the groundwork because this is season one. This podcast is relatively new. So set the groundwork for, um, you know, future stuff uh, because every single travel experience is going to go through this and people have anxiety uh, in different parts of the of the trip, the entire trip process. So I thought uh, you'd be the perfect person because after you went through your credentials in the top, off the top, I'm kind of like, yeah, she's fully loaded. <laughs> she knows her stuff. So you're, you're the perfect person to bring on to, to sort of talk about these kinds of things. Uh, so again, yeah, thank you so much for, for being on here and sharing your expertise. Um, so I wanted to start from the beginning. Let's talk about travel planning. Uh, so I'm just going to run through some of the things that that uh, people get anxious about, and I will highlight some of the things that um, that uh, that they they mention that makes them anxious specifically, and then we can throw you know COVID into the mix of how that's going to make it even worse, and then we could talk about some strategies. So. Uh, so some of the things that uh, that they mentioned specifically uh, was FOMO, so fear of missing out, and then as a result, over planning, over booking, and then completely, you know, overwhelming yourself when you get there because it's virtually impossible of doing all of this stuff. <laughs> um, being underwhelmed. Uh, uh, limited vacation. So a lot of people have, you know, they don't have a lot of vacation. So they immediately get anxious about, you know, what are they going to do? How are they going to use that vacation? Uh, there's lots of anxiety around staying uh, in one location versus, um, you know, with less transitions versus, versus seeing several places in a short time. So Allison specifically says that when she travels, she tends to just stay in one location for as long as she can because she can't handle transitions. Whereas me, uh, I love to bounce around and, and spend like, you know, two days here and three days there and see as much as I can. But it means that I'm constantly getting on a train, getting off a train, finding the accommodation again. And I'm pretty adapt to that. But other people that would make them nervous. And, uh, and then there's a whole anxiety around packing like what to bring and overpacking. Uh, they mentioned the 24 hour time <laughs> uh, that confuses a lot of people and uh, things not going according to plan, uh, booking the right hotel or tour and logistics. So I don't know if I'm giving you way too much stuff. <laughs> so I don't know how you wanted to tackle that. <laughs> well, no, I mean, travel as much as we love travel and, and especially now we're all like yearning to go places and do things and there's so much to see and so much out there um it is really anxiety producing for sure because of all these things you mentioned and more and i think um you know first of all worry talking about worry we all worry but what we worry about really 99 percent 
I don't know if that's exactly accurate, but very close to (laughs) 99% of the stuff we worry about never happens. So we're like wasting our energy and our time worrying and worrying for things um, that never happen. Mm. And, um, you know, and anxiety comes from thinking of the future. So when you're thinking of an unknown and you're thinking of the future, you become anxious. I mean, it's just human nature. And when you, on the other end, when you're thinking of the past and things that you wish you could have done or you wish you could have happened, you become depressed. So the ultimate goal really for in this instance and really in life is to be mindful and to be in the moment. And I think lots of times when we travel, we're like thinking of where we're going and where we could go and how we're going to get there. And you're kind of not enjoying the whole process and the whole journey. You're like just looking for the destination. And and once I get there, um, it's going to be great. And it's almost like people with um, like when I get that new job or when I move to that place, then I'll be happy. You know, Mm -hmm. when I uh, get that new car, then I'll be happy. When I, you know, whatever it is, when I graduate, then I'll be happy. And you're not kind of enjoying like the whole process getting there. And I almost feel like travels like that too. It's like, I have to see this and I have to see this and I have to see that. But sort of the whole journey of the flavor of even the flavor of being in an airport and seeing all the different people and all the different cultures And then, you know, landing in the airport and the sights and the sounds and the smells, and then even checking into an airport or checking into a hotel, which could be annoying and you're exhausted, but kind of enjoying the flavor of all that too. So um, I think that's all kind of built into traveling and being in the moment, wherever that moment is, to alleviate yourself from stress. Um, you mentioned that the fear of missing out. Um, mm. I guess that's that's a, a person that wants to kind of see everything, but not enough time, maybe, or they're kind of wanting to see a little bit of everything, but not really delve deep into the the culture of where they well, are. Maybe? I think I think when they're planning, because um, we'll get into airports and flying in a second, and <laughs> as well as destination in a second, but specifically around travel planning. Uh, the anxiety is, is is missing. Like if they don't plan everything in this moment, they're scared that they're going to miss stuff. So what they end up doing is, you know, a, 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 an example that my friend Chris from that show said he would he would plan and have, um, you know, eight, 80 museums to see because he doesn't want to miss any museums. And then, and then at some point he started to ask himself like. Like, why am I seeing a yarn museum? Like, I don't even like yarn. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? So it's just kind of like, like fear of missing out. So they plan for everything. Yeah. And then that becomes stress and anxiety inducing. Well, I'll, you know, and I'll tell you a little story. My husband, and I don't know if, well, he better listen to this, but maybe he won't. <laughs> maybe he'll be mad that I But he's like that. Like, if, wherever we go, he has to see everything where I'm kind of like, I just want to like soak in, soak in the culture and just kind of really get to know a certain area. And it's true. I find, I mean, I guess it depends on your personality type, but if, if you're wanting to do too much, like you said, it's almost like you don't enjoy any of it. You're running from here, you're running to there. And it's like, at the end of the trip, do you even remember, like, what did you do? You can't possibly even remember or enjoy any of it because you did so much on such a, a short amount of time. But, you know, I guess that's a real personal way of traveling because everybody's different. And I would, you know, if they were in my office, I would kind of question 
question, where does that fear of missing out come from? Um, uh-huh. Is it based in social media? You know, now we're in such this social media age, you know, Instagram and pictures. And well, this- I was just going to say Instagram for sure. <laughs> yeah. You know, and my friend went to this museum and my friend posted these pictures and oh my gosh, I need to do that too. And, you know, you kind of wonder where that FOMO is really coming from. And, um, you know, and there's a new thing, there's something called, um, sleep hygiene. And now there's this like new saying called social media hygiene. And that's just like really cutting, cutting way back. And especially during this whole COVID thing, cutting way back on your social media. So I would question if the FOMO person kind of needs to lessen his social media, possibly, who knows? Interesting. (laughs) That's very interesting. And I think right along with FOMO would be the whole packing, like packing for a trip because, uh, I've seen people with three suitcases and they're going someplace for one week. Have you been to my house? No, No, listen, you go away and you know, you want to have that outfit, you know, you got to have the earrings with a hat. I get it, but it can cause such crazy stress. And my suggestion for that is, you know, when you are going somewhere, maybe make a list and maybe this is better for men than women because I know women love to pack clothes and accessorize. <laughs> but really, like, you know, if I'm going away for 12 days, I need, you know, this amount of socks. And really write it down and almost keep it in your closet so you don't even have to think, okay, I need this. I'm going here. I need this many jackets. I need, you know, and just really have it held in your hand and, and pack that way. It could certainly alleviate some stress. Mm, very interesting. Now, Um, what would be anxious about planning a trip now that we have COVID-19 in the mix? Oh, gosh. Well, I am going to be honest with you. I did have to go somewhere reluctantly, and I had to get on a plane a couple weeks ago. And yikes, the stress is there because it's almost like the unknown. And again, Mm. with worry, when we talk about worry, we're worrying about the unknown. So now we're venturing, you know, to go to an airport? Am I making the right decision? Um, of course I have to have my mask on, but what if that person doesn't have their mask on? And what if I'm not six feet away? And you know, all those things are now rushing through your mind, things you never really had to think about before. Do I have enough hand sanitizer? Oh my gosh, can I take the spray hand sanitizer because it's a liquid and I can't take that on the plane or but the gel sticky, you know, whatever. <laughs> all the things that go through our minds, you know. Um, so I kind of had this experience. And I have to say, I was really proud. I don't know if that's the right word, but like proud of the airports and the airlines and the way they handled things. Every single person had a mask on. Um, We were certainly far enough apart. um, And I really, I felt really safe. Um, So, you know, of course it's a huge stress and there's so much more on your mind. And if you're an anxious flyer or an anxious traveler to begin with, this certainly adds to it. But just like with anything, there's something called exposure therapy, which we can certainly talk about later if you want to. Mm -hmm. Um, Once you really submerge yourself in something the proper way of something you're anxious in doing, um, it's, it's really helpful. So for me, for example, once I was at the airport, I started to feel more comfortable. And by the time my plane landed, I was just, you know what, this is, this is the way it is. I mean, back, um, after nine 11, 
we had to take our shoes off at the airport and do all these crazy things, which were certainly anxiety producing. And now it's almost like a way of life. We don't even think about it. Take our shoes off. We'll get wanded. You know, it's just like, that's the way it is. And um, I'd be curious to think even when this COVID thing kind of goes away, fingers crossed, um, <laughs> if maybe people, yeah, will still kind of wear masks in airports and still really be cognizant of having their hand sanitizers. Like it might not be an all bad thing in the long run. I'm trying to put a positive spin on it, <laughs> but it might not be all bad. So, and especially yeah. as a person who travels as much as I do, I always had hand sanitizer with me because you never know, like, you know, what you, where you're going to be, if you need to go to a washroom or whatever. I always had hand sanitizer with me. So for me, it was just part of the, you know, just became part of what I do. And I think, you know, with COVID-19, it's going to be part of what everybody does, just walking around with hand sanitizer, walking around with some kind of facial covering. And that's just how it's going to be. And I think that, uh, that I mean, it's not necessarily a bad thing. I agree with you. Um, I definitely like the exposure therapy thing. I definitely want to talk about that more later. <laughs> that sounds cool. Uh, I'd love to know what the process is for that. Um, but since you brought up airports, <laughs> um, let's go there because... That is its own issue. So I'm just gonna run through some of the some of the the things that are common anxiety and do think things when it comes to airports, and then we can uh, pinpoint some specific things that they talked about. So when it comes to airports, we're talking about crowds, craziness, sounds, uh, going through customs and security. Um, you know, uh, finding gates, missing flights. Uh, uh, flights versus, uh, you know, like whether they're in the morning or in the nighttime, uh, connecting flights is a big one. And again, the 24-hour time, because most parts of the world actually don't use 24-hour time. So that really messes people up. So they get stressed out about, are they calculating the times properly? Mm-hmm. And then, and then, so we could stop there for a second, but then we can get into the actual activity of flying, which is part two. And then we could talk about turbulence and all that kinds of stuff. Uh, but yeah, so as far as airports, the main thing that stuck out for them uh, was going through customs and security. That's really anxious for them. Uh, and missing flights was huge for them. Like uh, one of the hosts, Chris, mentioned about that he has dreams about missing his flight. <laughs> and then he wakes up from his dream, you know, it's almost like a, a second level of dreaming. Like he's actually dreaming about missing his flight and he wakes up in his dream and then wakes up in real life. Like he's so anxious that he has no sleep when it comes to airports. And Allison, who's the other co-host, talks about being at the airport like four hours ahead of her, ahead of time because she's so scared about missing flights. And so she sets her alarm like early and she's completely nervous that whole day. She won't sleep either. And then they both absolutely hate connecting flights. That stresses them right out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, it's also stressful. No, it is. I, you know, the main thing. So, as far as traveling and dealing with people in general and all kinds of people and people working at the airport, you know, the truth is we can't change how people behave. You know, maybe mm. people will change in their lifetime a little, but. Lots of times people don't change that much, but the good news is we can change ourselves and we can change the way we think and the way we process dealing with other people. And I think that's almost like a saving grace um, when being in airports and, and 
crowded, crazy spaces. It's like changing our own mindset. Um, so that's, you know, something to go into an airport thinking. I, nice. you know, I love the idea of, of planning and, and waking up early and planning ahead and, and leaving enough time. I mean, that's super important because most people get anxious when they have to rush. So the key is to give yourself the proper amount of time so you don't have to rush and then have, have anxiety. Um, the four hours beforehand, that's of course excessive. Um, you know, and then you're waiting in an airport and experiencing all the stress of being in the airport for an undue amount of time, which is is a whole other thing. (laughs) Um, but so as far as like dealing with, being in an airport and being in a stressful situation. One of the important things that we can do when we face these stressful situations is just deep breathing and deep breathing techniques. And I know we've heard it all the time. You know, people say, take a deep breath, take a deep breath. And it's almost like condescending. What it really, you know, and when we do that, we like, we breathe into our chest sometimes. And when you take those a breath and you're breathing into your chest, that makes you more anxious because they're short, shallow breaths. Uh-huh. So I think it's important, you know, before a trip, before going to bed the night before, when you wake up in the morning, practice the appropriate way to do deep breathing that really will calm you down. And that means breathing through your nose slowly, pushing it out into your stomach, not into your chest. So making sure the air gets into your stomach, holding it, and then breathing slowly um, through pursed lips and practicing that all the time. And it really helps. And sometimes people even have like a mantra. So they breathe in through their nose slowly, push the air out of into their stomach and then say something to themselves. Like I can do this. I'm going to get through this. Yeah. I'm going to be okay. I'm strong. I'm smart. You know, whatever your particular mantra is for that moment. And then breathing slowly, um, through your mouth. So the deep breathing is huge when it comes to, to stress. Um, you know, and there's so many other techniques too. Like for example, one that I love is something called grounding, And so what is grounding? Grounding is no matter where you are, whatever stressful situation you're in, you use your five senses to put yourself back into the present moment. Because again, as I mentioned, the key is to be in the moment, not to be thinking of the future, not to be thinking of what you're missing out on, but just to kind of be there right in the present. Um, So how you do that is you use your five senses to find things in your exact vicinity that you could focus on. So you look for five things you see immediately, four things you can smell, um, three things you can hear, two things you can touch, maybe not during COVID, but you know, and one (laughs) thing you can taste to kind of get yourself in the moment. You know, you say your mantra and you're, you're grounded. So, um, those are huge. As far as your friend with the not being able to sleep, um, you know, there's, there's a million different things to do, but one that I like for, for sleeping is just muscle relaxation and just kind of laying in bed and, and, um, tightening and releasing the muscles throughout your entire body, you know, starting at your toes and feet, going up through your calf, your legs, you know, your entire body tightening for like five seconds and then releasing and just kind of noticing and feeling the relaxation again, being in the moment, trying as best you can to kind of tighten those 16 muscle groups in your body, tighten, tighten, release and, and calm. 
Um, which, you know, and all these things might not be for everyone, but maybe there'll be one tip that could be useful for someone in those kinds of situations because, um, you know, like you mentioned the transferring or the connecting flights, which, you know, is somewhat out of your control because if you have a flight that's late and then you have to meet them, they don't know where you're going and the noises and the sounds. And, you know, a lot of people are really stressed out by noise where other people aren't. And we all know people that, you know, love to watch the TV and sound 50 and, you know, <laughs> love it loud where other people will walk in the room and it's like, oh my God, you know, I just can't stand the noise. And it like physically gives them a sensation and makes them feel anxious. Um, so I guess a tip for maybe for this and for many other things is something I like is, is a comfort object. And um, basically it could be a rock. It could be a crystal. I don't want to get too out there, but it could be whatever it is that you could hold in your hand um, and you put in your pocket or put in your purse or your backpack. And it's something that you can hold for anxiety. And I know it sounds silly, but it really does work. You, you kind of take it out. And instead of focusing on the noise and the craziness around you, you direct your attention to this rock, crystal, whatever it is, and you kind of feel it and touch it. Um, you hold on to it and you like really direct your thought to this object. It could even be your keys if, or it could be hand sanitizer, who knows, but direct your <laughs> thoughts right to it. And you, you know, feel it really feel its shape, feel if it's cool, if it's hot. And what that does, it kind of pulls your mind from the chaos and the craziness around you. Um, cause you're kind of focusing on, on something that's unrelated to, you know, what's kind of going on. Um, oh my gosh, you're the best. You're, <laughs> I love it. I love this stuff. This is fantastic. <laughs> good, good. I mean, I hope people can get something from it, of course. Like, I'm just loving everything that you're saying from the muscle uh, relaxation to the five senses to ground yourself. Oh my gosh, getting goosebumps already. Like, like, like people are going to want to bring you with them when they travel. Oh. Like, <laughs> um, I'm ready. But, We're going. Yeah, but you know what's, but you know what's funny is that. Uh, as again, as a person who works with children with special needs, um, a lot of these techniques I actually use with children, but you never actually think to actually use them with adults. Uh, we, we tell children like if they're if they're starting a new um, classroom or going to school for the first time uh, to bring like a toy, but we call it a transition toy. So they bring the toy with them into their new environment and they always have that toy with them to kind of go back to. We do tell children to breathe and, you know, count to four and breathe. And, and we try to teach them how to exhale and inhale and things like that. But slowly, because you're right, if they do the shallow breathing, it if you're you're almost like you're hyperventilating. So, um, yeah, so we do tell children to breathe. I love that. That's amazing. That's you're setting such great uh, groundwork for them, you know, for their future when dealing in situations that might not be so pleasant. Absolutely. Well, that's fantastic. So, okay. So you're, you've already kind of proving yourself. You, you set the bar really high. So I can't wait to hear how you're going to deal with actually flying on a plane because um, aerophobia, as you mentioned before, is a real thing. So, um, so how do you deal with turbulence and the thoughts of flight of the flight crashing? And then when you get sweaty and calm, uh, clammy or uh, uh, my friend says that he tends to over catastrophize mm -hmm. um, things. And, and then Allison was talking about having panic attacks 
on the plane. Uh, I mean, and your situation of the things coming down from the ceiling, the mass, like that would drive people into a frenzy. Uh, and another point that uh, my friend Chris brought up is he said that like when the plane is going up and down the turbulence, his wife will sit by the window and watch the wings as, um, as they adjust uh, to balance the plane. And he says that watching something like that will give him an aneurysm. <laughs> so it's just, so I would love to hear like, like what would your tips be with regards to dealing with turbulence? Because that makes everybody anxious. Um, not just, not just people, um, you know, who are anxious already. Uh, it makes them anxious. And then having these thoughts. And I love how you talk about being present because the future thought is the flight crashing, mm. you know? So like, how do you get, how do you get those thoughts out of your mind? How do you handle turbulence? How do you stop over catastrophizing things? And then what do you do if you have a panic attack? No, and, and these are all such valid things. You know, just thinking about the wing, they do say that if you tend to get sick, and I'm, I'm probably not going there, but if you tend to really do have sickness in flight, to sit by the wings and kind of look at the wings, and that helps with motion sickness. So I have certainly wow. heard that, but I get it. Your friend, like, that freaks him out, and I completely understand. And, you know, what you're talking about, cat catastrophizing and, and having the flight of thoughts and the spiraling thoughts, that's, um, you know, cognitive behavior therapy. I would suggest anyone um, that's listening that that gets that to maybe seek out a cognitive behavior therapist and, and work on that because it works wonders. But, you know, the gist of it is to really ask yourself, what is the worst that can happen? And really just kind of go there and go down the rabbit hole. What's the worst that, that can happen? Okay. So the worst is like you said, the plane could crash. Well, then you say, what are the chances that that really, really could happen? And the truth is, I mean, I hate to say it, but I mean, you're, you're more at risk being in a car for sure than being yeah. in an airplane. So the risk of being in an airplane is so slight. And from what I've heard and read, turbulence, although it's incredibly unpleasant and anxiety provoking and all those things, turbulence is not going to cause the plane to crash. Turbulence is not really going to cause a problem. Um, and it's almost like going over a speed bump or going over a really bumpy, yucky, unpaved road is what turbulence is. So the continuation of telling yourself these things um, is certainly helpful. Of course, it's easier said than done, but it's, it's certainly helpful. I had a person, um, and I do, I do kind of like this tip. She um, had a fear of flying, and she found this little tactic, and it worked for her, and maybe it could work for your listeners. She realized that she loved caramel candies, mm -hmm. and she, she would not ever, ever, ever eat them, ever, until she went on an airplane. Because somehow it linked in her mind this yummy, delicious thing that she never allows herself to have, but she can have it during an unpleasant time. So by her, you know, when it started to get a little bumpy or it started to go up because she hated uh, taking off and landing, um, she would just pop these caramels in her mouth didn't think that they could be rotting her teeth, you know, didn't even think about anything, just th thought, well, this is really good. And I'm focusing on how delicious this is. And I, I never let myself have it, but I'm going to let myself have it during this awful time. And that, you know, people do that 
with exercise too. People that hate exercise, they not eat the candy while they're exercising, but they <laughs> allow themselves to do something they love while they're doing something they hate. And it makes the hate experience not so bad. So for example, um, a person might hate riding the treadmill, but they will allow themselves to watch, you know, their favorite TV show while on the treadmill. And so it's like, oh, this isn't so bad. So I would suggest even during the worst time, turn on that TV show, get really into that movie. So, you know, don't allow yourself to watch that movie before you are going somewhere in an airplane and only allow yourself to watch that comedy or drama or whatever it is that you love during a time that's kind of a disturbing time for you. Maybe it's chocolate, you know, whip out that chocolate when you feel that this is something that's that's going to be upsetting for you. Um, you know, read that book. Maybe you're saving this book that you always wanted to read. Uh, don't allow yourself to read it until you get on the airplane. Try to, again, be mindful and in the moment, focusing on the book and not anything else that's going on around you. So um, those are some tips. Another thing people do, again, this has to be practiced, um, is something called a safe space. This is kind of for someone that's a really good visualizer. And so you get on the plane, you just, you can't stand, you can't stand the smell, the crowd, you just hate everything about it. It's just Ugh. Um, so you finally get in your seat and you're buckled in, and now it would be a great time before the plane takes off, if that's your fear, um, to visualize a safe space. And what that is, is, and it could always change, and it's different for everyone, is really visualize a place you've been to, you've seen, you've seen on the internet, um, a place you want to go that you can bring up in your mind's eye and try to visualize it in the greatest detail, in the brightest, most vibrant colors you could think of, whether it's a mountain, a beach, a forest, you know, whatever it is. And again, using, you know, almost trying to use those five senses to put yourself there. You know, you're at the beach and you feel that warm sand on your fingers and toes and you hear that crashing of the water and you could smell the salt air and you could see, you know, people surfing in the distance, whatever it is, and really try to bring yourself there. And people have had great, great success with that, that visualizing technique. You might even be visualizing where you're going. Maybe you're going to I don't know, Tahiti or something, maybe you're visualizing that final, final destination. Of course, like I said, I'm a big proponent in proponent in enjoying the entire journey and not just the destination. But for this instance, maybe that's your safe space. So kind of visualizing that. Wow. Brilliant. Uh, I love all of those things. And I even love caramel candies. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's absolutely, you know, that's fantastic. Um, there's, Interesting thing uh, for me, and maybe I'm just not normal, uh, but there's a, there was a TV show. I don't know if it's still around, but there was a show called Mayday. I don't know if you're aware of that show. Mm -hmm. uh, Mayday was a show about plane crashes, right? Uh, but for me, I love that show only because I looked at it differently. I looked at it more as, well, yeah, this plane crashed. But this show talks about what they did because of that in order to improve flight safety moving forward. Um, and I always took from out of that, well, look at all these things that happened and how they improve flying because of this stuff. Uh, whereas someone else would be like, I can't watch that when I'm going to go on a plane. Are you crazy? <laughs> but uh, but yeah, I, I don't know. I, I love I, that. They always say for every negative comment a teacher or 
somebody makes, you should always back it up with like three positives. I don't know if that's still a thing with teaching, but it's a good thing to do with students. And I think it's a good thing to do, you know, with adults for ourselves too. Like if we're going to have one negative thought, like this plane is going to crash, we'll back it up with three positives. Like, you know, there are all these wonderful things that have been put into place. So planes don't crash and, you know, whatever it is, your, your three positives to go with that one negative. This segment is brought to you by GPS My City. Do you love exploring cities on foot at your own pace? Well, GPS My City's mobile apps, available on iOS and Android, feature self-guided city walks and GPS-powered travel articles written by travel bloggers and travel content creators for over 1,000 cities worldwide. Visit the link in the show notes to learn more. For me, I don't get anxious much. Uh, My anxiety is centered around the excitement. So my anxiety is more around, it's that healthy anxiety of like opening Christmas gifts. Like, you know, um, that's how I feel when I travel. So I'm, I get, I'm excited about getting on this plane. I'm excited about where I'm going. Like, uh, I love all those parts of it. So uh, the only thing from, for me personally in an airport that makes me anxious is, is unfortunately, and this is so unfortunate, but because I'm, I'm black and I have dreads, I immediately get anxious going through customs. And that's, that's the only time that I will get anxious. And, and of course it's obviously based on bad experiences because, you know, I've been treated, um, you know, uh, somewhat badly in, in a lot of situations just because I have dreads and I'm black. So I always get pulled into secondary, you know what I mean? Um, so it, it's really created like this negative impression for me. Uh, so I always get anxious around airports. I know that's not going to be for everybody. And I usually just try to stay calm. I always tell myself that, you know what, I know that I don't have anything. I know that I'm not carrying anything. If these guys really want to waste time with me, um, while everyone else is going through probably with actual drugs, uh, <laughs> you know, um, then fine. I, you know, I really don't have anything to hide and it usually helps me, but it's, I mean, that's something that's systemic, systemic and I don't know how to change that really. Yeah. You know, and I'm so sorry that, that you have to go through that night. You know, we were talking about March for our lives in the beginning and, you know, right. what that created and that movement. And, you know, now with the protest, like, I feel that there's, change, hopefully positive change going on in our world. And, you know, the whole Black Lives Matter and the protests. And I'm like, I'm hopeful that that things are starting to change. And I, I'm sorry, you have to to feel that way. Uh, You know, no worries. I, you know, and I mean, thank you for that. And I, I, I do, um, I do appreciate that, uh, that things are, you know, hopefully this is kind of like the last straw and things can change because that's, again, something, I mean, we experienced that here in Canada as well, but not really on the level as you guys experienced it in the States, which is either way, it's unfortunate. Um, I didn't want to digress too much into that, but I mean, I just wanted to just point that part out because that does cause anx- anxiety for some people. Like everything else, we have to throw COVID-19 into the mix. I don't feel that, and you you alluded to this in your um, when you were talking about your experience in the airport, and I kind of predicted that it was going to be like that because I saw what they're doing around our city because um, Toronto just moved into phase three, like we were kind of last because we're the biggest city. Um, so now you could see any store you go into, there's stickers on the floor, they're t- telling you about social distancing. We have rules where in common areas of condos and buildings or once you're in a restaurant or in a store, 
Um, you have to wear a mask. Um, outside, you don't have to as long as you can social distance. But, uh, you know, once you're around people, uh, you have to wear a mask if, if it's too crowded. So I would only imagine that an airport's going to behave the same way. So as far as COVID-19 is concerned, I wouldn't really be worried about it in an airport. They're going to have line spaces. They're going to keep everybody distance. Airports are big. They're going to have hand sanitizer all over the place. Uh, I mean, you're going to have to wear a mask in the airport. Like, I, I'm not really stressed out about that uh, from a COVID-19 perspective. Um, but I am stressed out about COVID-19 once you actually are on the plane. Because uh, what I've been hearing is that uh, there's a couple of pieces here. One is that you can't control what other people do, which is what you alluded to. Um, and so that's one problem. The other problem is some airlines are still crowding flights um, while others aren't. So that would be another issue. And then germs in general on planes, because planes typically aren't the cleanest places. Um, but that said, I mean, now, you know, COVID at one point was really... Uh, because it's all about touching something and it living on surfaces and things like that. So, I mean, how would you handle, uh, you know, from a psychological perspective, uh, dealing with COVID-19 while being in like a tin can that's flying through the sky? <laughs> no, absolutely. And it is, I, I mean, I was really anxious about it and the flight that I took and I'm, you know, I'm not that I had to take a flight, but I, I had to. Um, every single person did have their mask on, and I'm Fantastic. sure it was the rule. But um, and I would say about 65% of the flight was taken, so there were quite a few people there. But a, a way to look at it, I try to look at it this way: um, you think of flights, and yes, you're in a tin can, and it's circulated air. But we haven't heard, maybe you have in Canada, but I haven't heard here of flight attendants getting sick at all. Ah. Um, and I would think that if it's such a germ Petri dish, the uh, airplane, you would have heard that flight attendants were sick. And I haven't heard of one flight attendant getting sick. So that kind of gave me and the people I was with peace of mind. Um, we're also, I mean, we were always told that the air, they have a purifier, which, you know, I don't know if I necessarily believed, but I think, and maybe I'll research it more, but I think airplanes do have really good or some of them purifiers in them. Like a HEPA filter. Yeah, I think so, something, yeah. something. And I I don't know. I felt like it was they were wearing gloves and everybody had masks on and everything. Everyone was really doing their part to be, you know, happy and friendly and, and uh, everyone, everyone took their big deep breaths. I will say it was more stressful because... For me, for instance, I had to drive somewhere really far and then fly back. The mm. driving um, was a little bit more stressful. So I'm, I'm living in South Florida. So to go up the country, you kind of hit a bunch of states. And some states where I had, you know, you stop at a rest stop or whatever it is, people aren't wearing masks and people sort of aren't doing the right thing. So that was like startling and, and stressful. But in a contained environment like the airport, I was really, it was really good. Um, and, I, and I felt okay. And I think that kind of leads us to what you were talking about before that exposure therapy. And, you know, for, for people that are listening that might be really, really unable to get themselves on a plane because of COVID, um, because COVID's really exacerbated 
at everything from what I see in my, my practice. Um, if you tend to be depressed, not everyone, nothing is you know, everybody, but if you're depressed, the COVID kind of has exacerbated that. If you're anxious, COVID's exacerbated that, you know, whatever it right. is. So, yeah. um, you know, if, if this is really affecting you and you eventually want to go on an airplane, the exposure therapy is great. Um, and there's, there's three different types and, um, one is, you know, again, the visualization, you imagine yourself on the airplane, um, or, or whatever it is, the fear of crowds or, you know, whatever, and you really, you imagine it and the therapist kind of works you through that. And then, um, you do something called in vivo exposure where you actually go to the airport perhaps even with the therapist and experience it with them, you know, and with their expertise kind of work you through it. And then the, the, the real virtual reality exposure of exposure therapy is actually getting on an airplane. And I think a lot of, you know, you'd have to call and find out, but I think many airlines do it. They'll allow you to kind of sit on the airplane and experience all of that without actually taking off. And you could sit there with, you know, whoever it is, your therapist or, or whatever, and experience it without having to deal yet with the turbulence or the takeoff or the landing. So, um, and exposure therapy is, you know, super helpful. It, it's helpful, you know, fear of spiders, fear of, you know, fear of whatever, but um, certainly a fear of being on an airplane and travel, it would be a good option. Wow. Yeah. I mean, that's really cool. And I, for some reason, I feel like I've heard something like that before, uh, where the airline does let you sit on the plane. And and I remember hearing, I think like uh, it might even be where the uh, flight attendants train, like that kind of thing, like, you know, I mean, where they have like a mock uh, airline kind of thing and they could sit in it and have that real experience. Um, no, that's fantastic. I love that whole idea of exposure therapy. I think that's, that's brilliant, uh, for people that are really extremely anxious about flying. That's fantastic. Uh, there's one thing that I wanted to add to the flight thing, which I don't know how, cause I mean, I'm definitely not nearly as close as you when it comes to <laughs> giving strategies about anxiety. But but what I noticed, what I always do when I experience turbulence is I always look at the flight attendants. They, they bring absolute calm to me. The plane could be bouncing up and down in the sky. And if the, if the stewardess or the airline attendants are sitting down chilling with a drink in their hand, then I immediately calm down. <laughs> like if... If, if they have a look on their face, like, what was that? Then I get nervous. <laughs> right, right. No, and I love that. And I think, you know, when you probably experience this with your students, too, when you're calm or relaxed, I wonder if they're super calm and relaxed, too. And when, you know, with parents also, if you're, like, anxious or yelling, you're tired, you're duh, the kids seem to get crazier and, and worse behaved if you're acting not, you know, appropriate. So I think that's the same kind of thing. If you see someone maybe, you know, a higher up or someone that you think knows what they're doing and they're calm and that could help you be calm. And I love that strategy. I think that's great. Awesome. So now we've arrived at our destination. So this is the final part. So some of the things that people are anxious about when they arrive at their destination uh, this is a big one for these guys was uh, getting to the accommodation. <laughs> um, that's like a nightmare. Uh, and then navigation and logistics. So, you know, getting lost, um, trying to find what they wanted to go see. Um, again, crowds, languages, food, smells, 
some anxieties and some of the things that um, we will definitely be talking about on this podcast moving forward uh, is getting sick and getting injured and hospitals and things like that uh, while abroad. Uh, safety. So there's definitely stories and uh, that I'm going to have on this show specifically, but stories about you know getting robbed or mugged or attacked, uh, things like that. Um, and then expectations uh, not being the same as you know where you're from. Uh, I see a lot of that, and just with talking with people, people always feel that wherever they're going, it's going to be like where they're coming from, which quite frankly is like, well, what's the point of traveling then? <laughs> but uh, but yeah, it, you're going someplace and it should be different, but people expect things to be the same. And then one smaller one is they're, they, they're anxious about getting ripped off. Uh, but yeah, um, I think the big ones here are getting to the accommodation from the airport, um, getting lost, and then being stressed out about, you know, what if I get injured, um, you know, or what if I get robbed? Uh, those kind of things cause anxiety and being around crowds uh, as well. And I, I have a feeling that I, now that I've spoken with you, I have a feeling that I know where you're going to go with this. Uh, <laughs> and I have a feeling it's going to be about, again, you're thinking about the future. It's all about those what ifs all the time. So, um, so I have a feeling I know where you're going to go with it, but, but I'd love to hear um, your strategies around those types of things. Yeah. No, and that's absolutely it, the cognitive restructuring and, and the, the cognitive ideas that we have in our brain, the, the what ifs, what ifs, should have, would have, could have. And, you know, if you're spending all your time thinking, what if I fall and break my leg and then I have to go to a hospital and then I don't get the right care and then, and then, and then, and then, and then, and then what? And it's, it's it really, we all do it, but it is a waste of time to think that way. Um, what are the chances, again, with the cognitive behavior therapy, what are the chances that this really, really is going to happen? Um, you know, there are, I have clients that actually wear a rubber band, on their wrist as a tactile thing um, when they notice that their thoughts are spiraling and getting out of control. And I'm not saying this is for everyone either, and I certainly don't want anyone to hurt themselves, but they literally snap the rubber band on their wrist like to tell themselves, snap out of it. You are wow. not going to fall. You didn't fall at home and have to go into the hospital and be hospitalized for a month. It's not going to happen, you know, wherever you're going, you know, and, and it, it's all those spiraling thoughts. Um, Let's see what you were, you were also talking about, um, getting somewhere. And I, I, you know, I wonder a lot, you know, we always hear men don't like to ask for directions. I wonder <laughs> if it's, yeah, I'm sure women don't like to ask for directions too, but that's definitely a topic that comes up a lot. What if I get lost and how will I find my way? And, you know, what if my, my phone, Google maps, you know, it isn't working properly. And what if, again, that's all the, what if, what if, what ifs. And, you know, in my mind, if we could really get there, it's all part of the experience and the process of travel. Agreed. It's all, totally. you, know, you look back on it and, oh my gosh, remember when we got lost? And, <laughs> and it becomes like a funny story, right? So if you could think of it all, like that's all part of it. That's all what makes us stronger. That's all what makes us want to continue traveling those crazy experiences that you can't and didn't and had no way of planning for. But that leads us to planning. And, you know, there is certainly something to be said about planning. Know the currency exchange. You know, that's something you can do when, when you're on the airplane and things are calm. You know, look it up, research it. What, you know, what are you getting into? What are, you know, so there are definitely things that you can kind of research and should research before to give you peace of mind. 
mind. But again, you can't plan everything and you can't expect to plan everything. And in a way, you shouldn't want to plan everything. I mean, I always find when I travel, the things that aren't planned sometimes are like the best things, you know? Absolutely. Because usually when you, you know, I'm on my way to go see, let's just say the Eiffel Tower, um, I'm stumbling across this beautiful little cafe or this beautiful little monument that wasn't really in my plans. But now I'm seeing it and, you know, might as well go and enjoy it. You're, you're absolutely right. I have tons of I've been lost stories for sure. Um, I do try to plan the best that I can with regards to like logistics and things like that. Uh, for me personally, like languages and sounds and foods and smells and crowds and all that kind of stuff uh, doesn't, you know, doesn't bother me. And unfortunately, uh, the best the best thing that could I mean, it's not the best thing, but, you know, I was worried about things getting stolen. And in Paris, my iPhone did get stolen. It was pickpocketed right out of my pocket. And um, I mean, it woke me up from then on. Like I was very upset, but it shattered a lot of things that I thought. Like, for example, uh, again, um, I'm thinking I'm this big black guy with dreads. Like who's going to steal from me, right? (laughs) And I walk in there and yeah, no problem. You're a tourist. You're going to get robbed as well, just like everybody else. So it shattered that whole thing. And then, um, you know, once it got stolen, uh, you know, I was really upset about it, went to the police station, all that stuff. And, you know, they're like, you see the stack of paper here? This is all iPhones that got stolen. So, you know, good luck with you trying to get yours back. Uh, But you know what? All those kind of experiences, I was so angry and I hated Paris for a long time. But then, you know what? Now I look back at it and I look at it and I'm like, if I were to see that person that took my phone, I'd probably just shake their hand and go, you, you're good. You got, you have some serious skills to be able to take that out of my pocket. And, and I also look at it like, you know what, now it changed how I travel. Like I don't leave my phone in my pocket. I don't leave, like, do you know what I mean? Like it just, it makes you stronger. And, and it's definitely a story to tell. Yeah. And I love, you have such a positive attitude and that's amazing. I had a similar, I was in Milan I guess it was last summer and I had this, you know, little, I don't know what they call it, a fanny pack or whatever it was on me. And, and it was right in front of me and I was getting on the subway and, you know, I saw these, these three girls and I guess, you know, gypsies and they were close to me and, and one kind of unzipped it and one stuck their hand in and it was the same kind of thing. And it was, and they were literally right. Like I made eye contact with them and I was like, wow, like, yep. <laughs> I do that right in front of my face. And I don't even realize like, Oh my God, but you're right. Like Really have skills. And guess what? Next time I, you know, I put a jacket over the thing or, you know, held my purse different. So you certainly, you know, everything's a learning experience, yeah. you know, and, and also with the, these people that steal, I mean, not to, to get into the weeds of things, but, you know, almost thinking about where they came from and, and why they feel the need to do that. And, you know, well, that's a whole other psychological a podcast for another time. I love your positive attitude about that. I'm glad it didn't stop you from from going back. No, definitely. Actually, you know, for me personally, it made me stronger. Um, I've also been sick on the road too. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Um, So yeah, it it just makes you stronger. You know, you know, you just know it, it helps you to better prepare yourself in a way. And once, once those what ifs, right? Once it actually happens to you, then it's kind of like, okay, well, that happened and, you know, I'm still alive and this is the result from that. And now I know how to prepare myself because that actually happened. You know, now, of course, I don't want to downplay anything because there, there, I do, unfortunately, do have some stories that 
will be coming down the pipe on the show where we start to get into assault and things like that mm-hmm. um, while traveling, which is some pretty heavy stuff. So, uh, you know, unfortunately, things like that, you can't just shake off as easy. But uh, but again, you know, majority of the stuff, a lot of those what ifs, uh, in all honesty, minus the plane crashing thing, of course, because there might not be coming back from that. But um, most of the other what ifs, like, you know, once it actually happens, then it's kind of like, oh. Okay. And that's exactly it. I survived. I made it through this. I'm stronger now and I can do this. Well, I can't wait to hear your future podcast. It's oh, gosh. really exciting. <laughs> yeah, it's like the episodes that are coming up down the road. Now, in, with regards to destinations, um, let's just talk about COVID-19 real quickly. And it's just kind of like the only thing I could think of when it comes to COVID-19 and, and being in another destination is more about your lack of control uh, because now you're in a different country in a different country there's an expression that goes something like uh, a country is designed to make their people comfortable not you <laughs> so um, and that's part of the whole reason why you travel but that's also going to open up things to be different when it comes to COVID-19. So um, like, you know, where you're going, like, what are they doing around COVID-19? What are their rules? What are their numbers? Uh, And then, um, you know, uh, thinking about what are you bringing to that country? Like, is there a country um, equipped to deal with, uh, you know, a a, a huge number of COVID-19 cases uh, where North America might be better better equipped to handle that other countries might not be so um just want to add what are your thoughts really about COVID-19 with regards to being someplace else oh well yeah coming from um states I don't I, we're not well I don't think we're welcomed anywhere at this point uh, <laughs> Fair I, enough. I don't know why everyone you know certainly no one's wanting to come to South Florida at this point I mean I'm hopeful we'll get a handle on things but yeah like you said what can we control not much, but we certainly can control our behavior, and mm. which is most important. It's most important for our sanity and everything else. We can we can control our behavior, and we can also control our mindset. Um, and keeping a positive mindset and an open mindset, and doing everything we can to protect ourselves, which is most important. You know, wearing the proper ma- you know, there's all kinds of masks out there, but perhaps go- when you go to somewhere or when you're on an airplane, wear that more heavy duty mask. Right. Um, you know, bring the wipes and the wet ones and the sand sanitizer and all those things wash your hands with soap every chance you can get keep your distance um you know it is upsetting when you see because i've been places and people don't have a mask on and it it's kind of you know and i don't know if we want to get into that but it's it does kind of strike a nerve and it's like wow this is just crazy um and it makes you almost want to say something and you know some people do and some people don't but the truth is you know what can you do walk away protect yourself protect the people you care about and that's really all we can do right yeah fair enough and i'm glad you bring that up because it's so true there's always going to be those people that just don't and you're right, you can't control them, but you can control yourself. So I definitely like um, that advice. That's fantastic. Oh my gosh, my mind is completely blown right now. <laughs> oh, it was so nice speaking with you, Christopher. And I can't wait till we can all travel again. Oh, absolutely. I, I'm, I appreciate you coming on, on um, so much. This has been fantastic. Now, before you go... Uh, is there anything else that you wanted to add with regards to travel and anxiety? 
Um, and I also wanted you to let everybody know uh, where they can find you and where they can find your practice or, or where they can find your uh, your podcast. Well, you that deep breathing, the breathing to the, the stomach, the belly breathing, and not the short to the chest, and practice it all the time. That way, when you're in really anxious, stressful, panic attack situation, you can draw upon it quickly. Draw upon right. that deep belly breath with that positive mantra, and you're 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 going to be okay. Um, and of course, if you're having a panic attack, continuously telling yourself, um, "I am going to be okay. This has happened before, and I've been okay. I'm not dying." You know, all those things. Talking talking positively to yourself. Um, yes, I do have a podcast. It's called Nama Stacy with like a little prayer hand. It's on Spotify. I guess wherever you can find podcasts and it's um, N-A-M-A-S-T-A-C-I-E and I also have a website which is namastacy N-A-M-A-S-T-A-C-I-E dot net and um, you can find all kinds of information there and um, let's see what else I don't know I'm I'm in South Florida I've been practicing um, in Coral Springs Parkland but presently I'm doing all telehealth so it's all um it's all online and it's it's working pretty well for now. I mean, I miss being in the office and seeing people for real, but the telehealth is great and I highly recommend it uh, for those of your listeners out there that were intrigued by the exposure therapy or the CBT therapy or also um, EMDR, which is, which is great for PTSD and trauma. Um, research it and try it. I really, I highly recommend it. And thank you again, Christopher. It was so nice to meet you and talk with you. Awesome. Thank you so much for being on the show. (laughs) Thanks. All right. Case closed. That's it for this episode. I hope you enjoyed it. Don't forget that you can listen to the show over at www.travelhorrorstoriespodcast.com. And if you're listening on your mobile device, please take a second to give the episode a five-star rating and leave a comment. It really helps the show and its episodes get discovered by more people. Plus, your feedback will help me tweak and change the show to make it the best show on the internet. Yes. I'll catch you next week. Cheers. Cheers.